Welcome to episode three of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patsy Rahal, the Angry Nerd. With me, as always, is my partner, Agent Nicole. Hello. She is Ironborn. She is a sensation of the Asian persuasion. She is hashtag Team Patsy, the Angry Nerd. <laughs> she is my tag team partner. Uh, it's hashtag Team Agent Nicole. Yeah, you Good. pronounced it wrong. Uh, also in studio with us, as he is for every show on the Grand Guignol Network, the producer extraordinaire, Johnny Wolfenstein, the man with the velvet voice. Uh, I'm pretty much in prison here, so yeah, I- I'm always here. That's true. <laughs> Thanks for visiting treats. me. We did bring treats. Oh, you did? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and the treat bringer is uh, our guest today. She is making her podcast debut. She is the real housewife of Transylvania. She is half June Cleaver, half Morticia Adams with just a sprinkle of gem. She is the gore whore that I adore more, the love of my afterlife, her blood type is Merlot, Mrs. Angry Nerd, Ashes Von Nightmare. Hello, darlings. How are you? Good. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Oh, I'm so glad you could join us today I as can't, our well, I really first ever guest. I really had no choice. I'm surprised you're out of the house. Well, I was bribed with wine. So. Oh, yeah. I don't blame yeah. you. She does yeah. have a glass of wine here. I do, and it's actually Merlot, so oh, you know, I just drained my blood, and now I'm drinking it, so... Yep. Saves a lot of money that way. It's true. Well, it's an interesting uh, show today because uh, our guest has picked our topic, uh, and that topic uh, we'll get into in just a few moments. But uh, what I'd like to do is um, I'd like to address a concern from episode one. We actually had a very concerned listener who found out that I, uh, I had made some mistakes uh, which I try not to do, but in the spirit of uh, of who I am as a a lover of being correct and a lover of uh, pointing out loopholes and things, I would actually like to uh, play the voicemail that Oily Maniac left for us because um, you know I feel like there are some things that need to be corrected, and uh, he actually did a good job of pointing out what uh, what I got wrong. So, uh, wait, you got something wrong? I did. It's weird. <laughs> pa- pa- Patsy, the angry nerd, was r- r- wrong. Has he ever admitted this before? Asses? No. <laughs> no. I, I happen to know for a fact, seeing as I've been married to him for like a hundred years at this point, um, that he is wrong several times. However, I don't think I've ever heard him actually admit that he is wrong. So this is a first. So I'm glad that I'm here to witness this. And it's so. caught on. Uh, it's caught on tape. Yeah, it's there for posterity. Yep. I I knew that that's what was going on, so I just <laughs> wanted to uh, to put that out there. But we do have uh, we do have that voicemail, and I would like to uh, to play that now All right. because I am, you know, a man of my word. All right, well here it is. Hey, Throwdown Thursday podcast. This is the Oily Maniac, and I uh, made an email or made a voicemail. It was too long. Uh, I tried to drop some knowledge, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to try to quickly run down all the uh, mistakes in the Godzilla, the initial episode of uh, this podcast, and uh, give uh, brief corrections for them. So um, here we go. All right, the Lucky Dragon uh, was not in 1945 and had nothing to do with uh, Hiroshima. It's the Lucky Dragon 5, a tuna fishing boat, and it was exposed to atomic fallout from a um, U.S. bomb testing in 1954 that was in the Pacific. Contaminated radioactive fish were found in uh, Japanese fish markets in 1954, so this was a very, very real issue for Japanese people at the time that Godzilla came out. Um, number two, Godzilla versus Biollante does not have an asteroid. That's Final Wars. Hiro Nakajima is not the creator of Godzilla. He was the stunt actor in the suit that and played Godzilla in numerous films from the original 1954 Godzilla up to the 1970s Godzilla. Godzilla uh, 1954, the Japanese version, and Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, 1956, the American version. It was uh, referred to as a remake. It is not. It was cut to remove some anti-war and anti-U.S. sediments. Footage of Raymond Burr was shot by the U.S. distributor, and the film was recut to insert these scenes of Burr. My two cents is it did a pretty good job. Um, the original still blows it out of the water, but it could have been a whole lot worse. Um, okay, next. 
Paddy said that um, they had people who worked on King Kong working on the original Godzilla. Willis O'Brien did not work on Godzilla, and uh, if you know something, please cite your sources, because I would be fascinated to learn about that if uh, that actually did happen. Uh, let's see. Godzilla's offspring was not killed in Godzilla vs. Biollante. Uh, Jun Godzilla Jr. was killed in 1995 in Godzilla vs. Destroya. Uh, Godzilla's Revenge, 1969, that is the Godzilla film that everyone hates because it's got a kid daydreaming he's on Monster Island. Um, it is not Monster Island, and it's not from the mid-70s, as um, was stated. Um, the Godzilla Marvel Comics, um, they are not canon. I would tell you not to bother with them. Um, they have no other Toho monsters. Um, like, they're just ignored. Uh, I, my personal, personal opinion is that they're garbage, and uh, I would not bother with them, um, nor would I bother with any uh, American Godzilla products. Um, aside from the newer comic books, um, those, some of those are pretty damn excellent. Um, okay, next, Monster Zero. This was not the first time Godzilla had help. Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan fought together in Ghidra, the three-headed monster, which was the previous film. Um, there is no Godzilla vs. Rodan movie, in case anybody was looking with that. And lastly, King Kong vs. Godzilla. There are no different endings, as Patsy stated. This is an urban legend that's been going around since the 60s. Uh, it was initially started in, I believe, Famous Monsters of Filmland. There are no dual endings. Now, the American move version is drastically cut and rescored and had uh, American footage shot for it. And uh, it's kind of a crap version of the movie to watch. Uh, I know people have nostalgia for it, but um, it's not worth the trouble. So um, there you have it. Those are the corrections. Um, okay, bye. Now, I, I do want to say that, you know, I appreciate the fact that, you know, you called in and gave us these corrections. Because if I make a mistake, I want to know about it. And especially, you know, I know how passionate I am about certain things. And if somebody gets something wrong, you know, I would want to correct them. So, you know, I do appreciate, you know, you sending in that voicemail. Um, you know, most of that was was my fault because I, I confused some of the movies. I was very amped up for that first show. So, you know, that's my fault. I'll uh, definitely make an effort going forward to uh, make sure I don't do that again because I want to make sure I get everything right. Do, do you mind if I chime in? Oh, go right ahead. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, I... Oily Maniac is a maniac when it comes to uh, Kaiju. He knows more than most people. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is pretty awesome that he took the time to do that. Uh, however, I, I don't think you should... This isn't a, this isn't a job. This is a podcast, you know? Mm-hmm. Put the information out there. Don't research for 10 hours to make sure you get things right. Do it Do it the way that you want to and have fun, you know? And if you're wrong, you're wrong. Like, I can't even count how many times we've been wrong on 206 episodes of Strictor Radio. <laughs> like, I don't even want to think about it, <laughs> you know? And if people want to take the time to correct us, they can absolutely... We allow that platform just like you did for Oily Maniac. Yeah, and I, don't, I appreciate it. Yeah, don't... I, it is awesome that he took the time to do that. And in turn, you know, you're the angry nerd, but in turn, if you're learning something that you didn't know, or maybe you had mixed up some dates or something like that. So it is cool that he is taking the time to do that. And it is nice to get feedback, uh, even if it's something that, you know, kind of feels like, oh shit, like it feels like it feels kind of shitty because you, it, it means you got some stuff wrong, but you know, this is, I'm certainly not, you know, like none of us get paid to do this. So no. uh, I wouldn't spend a ton of time. Just have fun with it. And, and you know, and if you mix up a date, you mix up a date. If you, if you name a wrong actor, you name a wrong actor. You know, yeah, I'm not, not I'm everyone not, can have that level of knowledge. I'm not, you know, overly worried about it. I just, you know, want to make sure that, you know, if there are folks out there, you know, this isn't, you know, it's not done intentionally. You know, if you, if you know more than I do, please, you know, tell me. I don't, I don't mind. But uh, that being said, I'd, I'd like to uh, get into our, our next segment, which is uh, something I've been looking forward to for a couple of weeks here. And this is our five-question getting into character uh, segment where we ask our guest five questions, random. Now, this one was actually very difficult 
because I had to figure out a way to ask questions that I didn't already know the answer to. Let's keep it PG-13. Uh, yeah, you're on I did approve the questions he showed me. Okay. They're good. They're good. Okay. All right, so we're going to start off with question number five. Who is your favorite lady of horror? My favorite lady of horror? Oh, my goodness. Um, I would have to say, and the reason why I'm choosing this person is because... Now, are you talking about a character or an actual actress? Anybody in horror that you happen to, you know, put above everybody else that's just your favorite, like somebody you want to meet, you know, just your favorite lady of horror. could be an actor who's been in a bunch of different things, you know, like maybe it's like a Jamie Lee Curtis or... You know, maybe it's a character who's been in a bunch of things. So, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, it's your open to interpretation. It's your own interpretation there. Well, being the real housewife of Transylvania, uh, I am very influenced by the housewives of horror. So you're Morticia Adams and you're Lily Munster. So unfortunately, um, some of the, the actresses who have portrayed them in the past have passed on, but I think having the opportunity to meet Angelica Houston and be able to pick her brain on her portrayal of Morticia Adams would be amazing. She was fantastic. Okay. I love her. Oh my goodness. She that. was excellent uh, as the head witch as well in The Witches. Yes, she was. Absolutely. She is she is very, very, very good at playing someone who's very, very, very bad. And mm-hmm. she's gorgeous and she's fantastic and she's fabulous. So I'm gonna say Angelica Houston. All right. That's a that's a good good call. I figured it was gonna be one of those uh one of those two ladies, Morticia or Lily. All right, uh number four. If you had to give up one of the following senses what would it be? Sight, balance, hearing, or fashion? Well, <laughs> we all know I am not giving up my sense of fashion, so we can just throw that one out. Um, I'm going to say hearing so I don't have to listen to you anymore. But then you also, uh, you know, by the time this airs, will have gone to Warped Tour. This is true. And this we just true. saw Marilyn Manson and... Slipknot and of Mice and Men the other day. Yes, this is true. But uh, I, I, I feel like not having to listen to you on a daily basis uh, would totally make up for that. Okay. I feel bad for you after having to hear him all the time. She doesn't have to. She gets to. It's called toleration. Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yeah, you've seen Beauty and the Beast. It's essentially the same thing. She has come to identify with her captor. This is true. All right, uh, if you could pick any sidekick, who would it be? Like it has, like I could pick anybody to be my sidekick. Yeah, or who's, any... who's your sidekick? Who's your partner in crime? You. Well, I know me, but like somebody else. Like if you were to pick, you know, a character who would be your sidekick. Like, oh, I would have to pick a character. Yeah, you're gonna run, a, run around and get in trouble. Are you saying you don't want to be her sidekick? Well, no. I mean, I already am. But you know, if she had a choice <laughs> of picking someone else who didn't, uh, you know, uh, it, uh, capture her and you know get her uh, all stockholmed up. He bought me really nice jewelry, by the way. So you know, there, there are yeah, there are perks to this. Um, uh, who would so be my sidekick? Um, Her engagement probably, ring is rock candy. Yeah, this is true. It tastes delicious. Um, sidekick, uh, Jem. Okay, we would be truly, truly, truly outrageous together, and that okay. would be fantastic. We dye our hair pink, and you know. And you actually great. got to meet uh, Samantha Newark, who I played Jim, and Samantha you Newark. lost your mind. I really had to refrain from going full-on fangirl in front of Samantha Newark. I somehow managed to wait until we got out into the parking lot, into the car, before I burst out into tears and had one of those, like, oh, my God, moments. Um, she is absolutely lovely. She is just... Her energy is is just infectious, and she she is gem. She is gem. Her voice. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to hear her sing as well. Her natural singing voice is gem. She 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 really is truly outrageous. Uh, she's sweetest person I have I've ever had the opportunity to to meet. Um, yeah, I could I could I could probably talk all day about gem, which spoiler alert may happen in the future. So stay tuned. All right, uh, question number two. Brienne of Tarth 
or Cersei Lannister? Ah, you asshole! It's okay, I almost did that question too. Why would you do that to me? Oh, go fuck yourself! This is the way... This is the way we get we get to know who you are. Okay. 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 But we're talking about characters, right? So yeah. the character of Brienne of Tarth or the character of Cersei. Yeah. Lannister. Who do you who do yeah. you prefer? Um. Okay. So I have a massive, 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 massive girl crush on Gwendolyn Christie. I think she is gorgeous. She is amazing. Um. I. I yeah. I could talk all day about her too, as well. Um. But in this instance, I feel like I have more in common with Cersei Lannister. I, I constantly make the proclamation that I drink like a Lannister, so you do. I feel like Cersei Lannister and I would have a really good time making resting you bitch will, You will be her hand of the queen. Right. Yeah, we would have a really good time making resting <laughs> bitch faces together and, uh, you know, drinking wine. I hope there are some things that aren't in common, though. No. no. Well, no, no, no. She doesn't, I, well, she doesn't I, have a brother. I, 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 I don't have a brother. Oh, okay, I good, don't good. have a brother. Um, <laughs> so, you know, th- that's completely out of the picture, yes, but. And no um, kids. No, no children. Okay. No children. But uh, she has resources to blow shit up. I do. Yes, I do have resources. To, she is to, a biochemist. Yes, I'm a mad scientist <laughs> by day, so I do have the resources to, uh, we'll call it wildfire, to uh, say the least. No, because uh, uh, some folks aren't familiar with what it is you exactly do. Tell them what your education entails, because I always love hearing this. Um, so, I mean, it's really not that impressive. No, um, tell us what your degrees are in. My degree, I have a degree in biology and biotechnology with a concentration in genetics, evolution, and bioethics. <sighs> that is so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Aka, I'm wicked smart, yo. <laughs> and, and, your pants, dude. And Keep every time pants. somebody sees her, they if, for folks out there who haven't met her yet, uh, when they see her, people always choose either... Like, you know, hairstylist or tattoo artist because she's got a bunch of tattoos, piercings, and bright pink hair. And my eyeliner could slice a man. That's true. Yes. Wings for days, darling. You need to teach me that. I want to get some wings, too. Oh, well. Oh, get some Red Bull. <laughs> um, so question number one, the last, the last question, and this may be the most difficult. I saved this one for last. If you could only drink one kind of wine for the rest of your life... What would it be? Oh, this is harder <laughs> than the brand of Tar Cersei Lannister question. Oh, one uh, Merlot. Okay, well, Merlot. That is your, it is your blood type. How so. Merlot can you go? That's like the <laughs> cycle. <laughs> Shit. So, um, we have in the studio with us today some some snacky. Uh, Snacky little snacks. Yes. So I am the real housewife of Transylvania. And with that comes my baking skills. So I have brought in studio today. These are, speaking of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. uh, Game, and Thro- Game of Thrones, excuse me, are uh, inspired brownies. They are called the House of Black and White Brownies. And you guys can feel free to... Take a taste and tell the listeners how. Oh, I've I've been horrible. eating these this for the last true. couple of days. Why yeah, this is true. I bake them. Face? People are talking. Sorry, <laughs> I did bake them last night at home. So, so uh, Mr. Patrick, uh, Patsy, the angry nerd, has already had the opportunity to to taste them, mm-hmm. and they have passed the. Patrick stomach test, which they is he's I mean, still it's alive. actually very yeah. Well, it's very easy to wait. Pack. I hope he didn't pass them, and. Then you're serving them. No, 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 no. Okay. No. <laughs> the ones that I passed are not being served. Uh, <laughs> These are the pre-passed poop jokes, ones. Poop jokes. Yeah, we're classy up here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, if you would like to have a taste and tell our listeners how delicious or maybe not delicious, they're delicious. My baking is fantastic. I toot my own horn. Um, and if anyone is interested, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the real housewife of Transylvania. You can also find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Miss Von Nightmare. That is M I S S V O N N I T E M A R E. You can also find me on Instagram underneath the same name. And uh through all of their social media, um, you can find access to my blog, which is titled Muffins and Mayhem. So I will have the recipe posted 
as well as uh, blog posts from some of my shenaniganizings and concerts and what I do and lifestyle fun stuff. And yep. it's awesome. It's fucking awesome. There'll so be you a post just, about Warp Tour? There, yes, I will be uh, blogging for probably not live blogging because I plan on doing more moshing than blogging <laughs> at Warped. So I'll probably wait until after the fact to actually blog Warped. Um, you know, wait until, you know, my, my sunburn has kind of, you know, cooled a little bit. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, so check it out. Check me out. I would love to hear uh, if you do happen to try my recipes. Uh, tell me, you know, let me know what works for you, what how they came out, if you have any questions. And uh, yeah, look me up. These uh, these recipes are perfect for anyone who would like to live deliciously. <laughs> would thou like to live deliciously? Like the that? thing about yep. my recipes as well is... I'm a chick on the go. I love to bake, but uh, Homegirl has a time restraint. You know, I am busy, busy, busy. So I like to stick with the semi-homemade policy. Um, you know, I used box mixes for the most part, but I like to uh, use some of my mad scientist skills to kind of tweak them up a little bit and uh, freshen them up. So um, what you are eating today, like I said, they are the House of Black and White Game of Thrones inspired brownies. They are dark chocolate coffee brownies with cream cheese swirls. So enjoy. They're very tasty. I'm, I do not like coffee, believe it or not. And uh, I could taste a very slight hint, but they're very good. They are really, really, really good. Thank you, guys. They are. They are. uh, I feel like no one. (laughs) 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 That's how many calories are in there. The the calories are none. No one. That actually works out well, because if somebody says, you know, who likes the brownies, you know, and they say no one, that's actually a rave review. There we go. This is true. Yes. Yeah. So you can't fail with that. It's like if you made a movie about a leech and somebody said it sucked. Then it would be perfect. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so, on that note, I uh, I think it's time to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be discussing Ash's pick for this week, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci. Deuce bad this is Johnny Wolfenstein from Trick or Treat Radio, and you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast right here on the Grand Guignol Network. And we are back. Thank you for sticking around this long. Uh, so we're going to get into our, our discussion. And Ashes, uh, ever since I've known you, you've been a, a huge fan of this character. I love Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, and you even go so far as to get giant uh, purses that are more suitcase than purse and try to fit as many things as possible. We were in the green room uh, a little while ago, and... You pulled out of your purse a bottle of wine, a towel wrapped around a uh, 
wine glass so as to not break it. And there's still uh, thousands of square cubic meters in there, uh, just just full of stuff. Like anytime I'm looking for something, I've found shoes, coat racks, pineapples. Have you found a dead body yet? Couple of them. It's Oops. almost oh, like we're not talking. It's about almost that. like in a video game when you go to like loot someone, and it's like they have money and like clothing. And like all kinds of like random objects, it's like oh, you found a shotgun and a pineapple and you know six thousand bottle caps for those of you who are uh, Fallout fans like I am. Uh, so yeah, you try to uh, you know emulate uh, Mary Poppins a bit as far as your, uh, your your handbags go. Well, for as f- like long as I can remember, like I don't remember a time in my life where I didn't love this character. Um, even my my earliest memory uh, of of watching Mary Poppins, um, I was already in love with this character. So I mean, I I, I don't remember the uh, first time I I saw Mary Poppins. I don't remember what exactly uh, made me. Like, like drew me to this movie and this character. It, it's just kind of like an understood fact in my life at this point. My like, name is Ashes, and I love Mary Poppins. Yeah, uh, you know this is, and I have su- really ginormous handbags. You do. Um, well, I think part of the appeal of the character is, you know, especially when you're young and you get to see this, is, you know, she's magic. I mean, you know, the first thing she does is, you know, come soaring in on a cloud. And it's funny, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was younger, I used to actually go outside and I had this old beat up diaper bag. Um, and I used to use that as my carpet bag. And I had this old compact that the makeup was no longer in it but it still had the mirror and I had this little like powder uh, sponge that went with it and I would go outside and I would wear one of my mom's old dresses for dress up and I would have an umbrella and I would just sit there with my carpet bag, quote-unquote carpet bag, um, and my umbrella and jump up and down and wait for the wind to take me away. And when it did not, I sat down and pretended to powder my nose. <laughs> now, where were you hoping the wind would take you? Anywhere but here. Well, you you lived on a tropical island. I did. Well, I guess. Uh, but at this certain point in my life, I was not on the, I was not on the island yet. Oh, uh, okay. This is not the island from Lost, by the way. Just, no. Just... Just so you know. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, as far as I can remember, as long as I can remember, I've just, I love this character. And it's something that has followed me uh, through adulthood, obviously, with my choice in bag sizes. So, uh, and it's, it's more than that as well. Um, you know, she influences, it just kind of um, subconsciously influences a lot of my, my actions and decisions and, you know, traits of my personality. Well, I think any of you know your favorite characters kind of do that, especially when you want to emulate who they are. Um, now, you said you don't remember like the first time you uh, you saw Mary Poppins, but so what is it about that specific character that made you want to uh, choose it for this show? Because it, she's just she's everything to me. Um, Mary Poppins is a character that I hold uh, near and dear uh, to my heart. And um, like I said, you know, some of my first memories, I mean, I don't remember the exact moment I fell in love with this character. I just remember always loving this character and trying to, you know, be this character and playing dress up to be this character. And uh, she's just so fascinating and magical and wonderful. And even uh, now in adulthood, uh, we, you know, we watched the movie the other night Mm -hmm. and I still, I get that same feeling. Um, When I was younger, I actually wore out the VHS. Like my parents had to go out and purchase another VHS, you know, uh, because I just got watched it so much. I completely wore it out. I would watch it through in its entirety and then I'd rewind the fucker and watch it again. And this would go on for, for days. I, I, I can't explain it. It's just, it's kind of an understood fact at this point. You know, it is what it is. Now I, uh, 
I got a an email from uh, one of our uh, coworkers, actually. It's my work husband. Uh, well, I guess technically I would be your work husband as I work with you and we are married. Yes, but this person. Oh, he and works I, specifically he, in he, the lab. Yes, and we've worked together for years at this point. So, so I uh, I have an email from him, and he says on this, I know there are a lot of great scenes in Mary Poppins. My favorite scene is when they can't control their laughter and they all begin to float. I crack up every time. I guess I love to laugh. So my question is, what is your favorite scene? Thanks, Rex Regis. My favorite scene, hands down, no questions asked, is the jolly holiday scene because it truly is a jolly holiday with Mary. Okay. I just, I love it. Uh, that is the scene when they uh, jump into the painting that Bert had created. Uh, Mary Poppins uses her magic, and it's fantastic. And I know that with our character analysis, uh, we will talk about this more in depth in a few minutes. But yeah, absolutely. The the Jolly Holiday scene, everything about it is just fantastic. The for, From her ensemble, her dress is amazing, her hat, her shoes, she looks gorgeous. The colors of the the scene it's an illustrated cartoony scene um it's just amazing the carousel horses the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious um it's just it's it's amazing that entire scene is just my absolute all-time favorite uh there are days when i will actually just watch that scene alone that 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 15 minute chunk Mm -hmm. of of scene um it's just yeah that that's my all-time favorite i just i absolutely love it and to this day i like i said we were watching it last night and uh i just watched it with the same awe gleam in my eye like i'm i'm thinking of it right now and there's this huge smile on my face i'm sure there's a twinkle in my eye you know um i just love it absolutely love it it's amazing well it's funny that you should say that because uh, I actually just got another email. I literally just got it right now. I wonder who it's from. It is from uh, our good friend, Stephanie Wiley. Yeah, I told her to message. She's been messaging me while we are recording. <laughs> so before I ask Nicole what her favorite scene is, uh, because this ties in. Now, I've said on numerous occasions that Stephanie is the master of the segue, and Clearly, even when she's not on the show, she is able to segue herself <laughs> right into the conversation. So the email says, Dear Patsy, please know that you can go super califragilistic XB fuck yourself before I'll watch a Sharknado movie. Hashtag Team Agent Nicole kisses Stephanie. Yeah. Love so, you too, Stephanie. Yeah. Again, but you just happened to say the word. She sends me the email as I'm reading the other email. Yeah, two, two minutes ago, she had sent me that, and I told her, you need to email right away. Yep. So, yeah. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, I would like your permission to steal that and use that in everyday sentences. So, um, yeah. I, yes. I'm sure she'll give her permission for yes. that. Yes. So, Nicole, what is your favorite scene of the movie? Uh, since I watched it yesterday... Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen the film. I think the chimney scenes where all the chimney sweepers are up there and they're <laughs> dancing. Yes, that made me smile. I don't know why. Just it. It's beautiful. It's a great scene. Mostly just for Dick Van Dyke, but um, but I oh, do love Dick Van Dyke. That's a different show, ladies. And yeah, gentlemen. I know another show, but oh. I love that scene a lot. And her right. outfit in that scene, even though it's all messy with all the coal and everything, that red outfit yeah, is beautiful. Uh, Mary Poppins, her ensembles are on fleek. Uh, she, she, lady, means. lady knows how to dress. Urban Dictionary, that shit, Patrick. Come on. All right. Well, I'm gonna wait to reveal my favorite scene because it actually ties into my interpretation of the character. So, Ashes, why don't you tell us? Um, what it is about this character that you love so much and what she means to you. I know you have your notes there, I, so you know, feel free to go back and forth in whatever order you want. Well, what I'd like to do, if I may, 
is start with a brief history of the character. So today we are mainly focusing on the Walt Disney adaptation of Mary Poppins, but that's not where she, uh, the character, uh, originated. Um, the character of Mary Poppins actually appears in a series of eight children's books written by P.L. Travers from 1934 to 1988. Mm -hmm. The literary character of Mary Poppins was depicted as a magical, slightly unesthetically pleasing older woman, and it's believed that she is based on a real person. And if anyone wants to know more about that kind of backstory as to how... Um, you know, P.L. Travers was uh, influenced to write these books and how Walt Disney was able to convince P.L. Travers to give him the rights to make Mary Poppins. I highly suggest you check out the movie Saving Mr. Banks. It came out in 2013, uh, starring Tom Hanks as Walt Disney and Emma Thompson as P.L. Travers. It is beautifully done. Uh, we saw it in the theaters. I loved it. Um, it's amazing. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend that. It gives you a fantastic backstory as to how the character came to be. It was a great film, and you know you can definitely see that. You know the casting was very different because Julie Andrews is anything but aesthetically and unpleasing. It's funny that yeah. you mentioned that because P.L. Travers did not want Julie Andrews uh, casted as Mary Poppins. She thought she was too pretty. Really? And Julie Andrews really wanted the role. So what Julie Andrews did was she met with P.L. Travers mm -hmm. and P.L. Travers just fell in love with her and was like, well, at least her nose is crooked. <laughs> 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 um, so eventually Walt Disney did get the rights to the character, um, which was obviously uh, infamously portrayed by Julie Andrews in the movie. Um, in 1964 and the movie was also made into a Broadway musical that ran from 2006 to 2013 mm -hmm. uh, along with there have been various spoofs of Mary Poppins in, in uh, various media and stuff uh, i.e. The Simpsons, Sherry Bobbins uh, Sherry Bobbins is actually an original character like Monald Mouse and uh, a Ricky Rouse and Monald Muck. <laughs> yes. So anyways, like I said earlier, uh, today the main focus is going to be on the Walt Disney adaptation of the Mary Poppins character portrayed by Julie Andrews. Um, so one of the things that I love about the character of Mary Poppins is she's vain, but not to a fault. You know, uh, Patrick, you mentioned that when we first see her, she is sitting on the cloud and she's powdering her nose. There are several times throughout the movie where um, when she meets the children and she is pulling the items out of her purse and uh, she notices the mirror that's hanging in her, her temporary room. And mm -hmm. she's like, oh, this, this will not, simply will not do. And she pulls out this giant mirror and fixes her hair. And she's like, that's better. And there are several times. Yeah, she you says can... she prefers to see her entire face. Yes. Yeah. And that's just, uh, it's, she's just so honest, you know. And I, I love that. You know, she cares about how she's presenting herself. Um, you know, and I just... Uh, I, like I said, she's vain, but not to to a fault. And it's relatable. And I, I think that's probably why I check myself out in every mirror or store window that I pass. I know the feeling. But you break windows and mirrors. Yeah, but, you know. She doesn't. I still can't help, you know, checking it out. I mean, the mirrors can't handle the sexy. That's not my problem. Yeah, we owe a lot of people money for breaking their mirrors, so thanks, Patrick. I just show up and flex, and they're all like, all right, that's fine. Yeah, nobody has tickets to that gun show. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, getting back to Mary Poppins, another thing that I love about her is she is truly practically perfect in every way. She knows who she is. She never apologizes. Um, like the... I loved how you mentioned that your favorite scene is the chimney sweep mm -hmm. scene um, at the end of that scene when she brings the children home yeah. and Mr. Banks is looking for some sort of explanation like what is the meaning of all this and she's like let me make something perfectly clear I never explain anything yeah. and I just I love 
that scene. I, I love that. She is just, she is who she is. She doesn't explain who she is. I just, I absolutely love that. She, she gives her, no fucks. She had her sassy pants on in that, in that scene. Absolutely. She, I, they, well, we'll call them bloomers because of, of the time period yes, that, that this was, you know, filmed in. Uh, she has her sassy bloomers on um, and she's confident. Uh, Homegirl knows who she is as a person and I love that. She has this way of being refined. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a lady, but she's also kind of a weirdo. You know, she initially refrains from participating in uh, some of the stunts that Bert is trying to pull and the children, Jane and Michael. But at the same time, her it's almost like it's calculated. Like she's like, you know, she knows she's going to refrain initially because she doesn't want to seem too eager. But she knows that eventually she's going to join in and... You know, it truly is a jolly holiday with Mary. Like denying herself dessert, but then, all right, fine, I guess I shall have one slice of cake. Exactly, exactly. So I have a quick question. Since you mentioned Bert, um, I was looking around doing research. Um, P.L. Travers said that the relationship in the book between Bert and Mary was just completely friend zone, like Danny and Jorah from Game of Thrones, like total (laughs) friend zone. What do you think of the relationship in the movie with Bert and Mary? Well, let me jump into that first because I have a, I have a theory. Uh, my theory is that Bert operates a lot like a herald of Galactus, where you know he goes and he kind of scopes out an area and he kind of like gets things ready and sets the table for when Mary comes in. Because if you notice, like when he f- first interacts, he starts breaking the fourth wall and like brings you over to. 17 cherry tree lane and mm-hmm. start explaining everything it's like how the hell does this guy know all this stuff about what goes on in every single house so that's my theory he's like a herald he's like the uh the uh the the angel that comes before the apocalypse only this is you know a, a nice apocalypse <laughs> i guess i i that is a very interesting theory um i enjoy that theory a lot actually uh, i i don't think that way i believe that uh Bert is, he travels. Yep. You know, he has various jobs, uh, various days of the week. Uh, He kind of goes where the wind takes him, kind of much like Mary Poppins. And I, I feel that their relationship is strictly platonic. I feel that he has this... He loves Mary Poppins, but everyone loves Mary Poppins. Mm -hmm. Um, He has this... Uh, genuine adoration for her but there is a complete mutual respect um you know especially uh in in the song you know going back to my favorite scene it's a jolly holiday with mary um you know she even sings about that how he never presses his advantage you know um forbearance is the hallmark of his creed uh a lady needn't fear when he is near. Uh, I, I'll, I digress. Um, anyways. Yeah, but I think if he got the chance, he would be... Wouldn't you? He would sweep that chimney uh, <laughs> nonstop. Yeah, but wouldn't you? Come on now. Oh. Young Julie Andrews? Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. Chick is hot. She is very um, good looking. She's still good looking. Yes. yes. Yeah, she's 80. She is, she is a member of the Helen Mirren Hall of Fame in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um. If you don't know what that is, check out episode uh, two. We talked about that in uh, episode two. Yeah, yeah, we did. All right, so go ahead, Tweety. Uh, but yeah, I, I believe it is uh, strictly a, a friendship, you know. Uh, it's kind of like one of those when you have a, a friend, you know, like yeah. being a female, I have guy friends. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy my friendship with these guy friends. And I would like to remain friends with these guy friends in the future. Like, I'd like to be friends with them, you know, for, yeah. you know, a, a for the rest of my life, hopefully, hopefully. Um, so, you know, that's why the thought of dating them has never crossed my mind because, mm-hmm. you know, I've known them for 10 years. I'd like to know. <laughs> Dynamo Mars. Oh, excuse me. It's dusty in here. <laughs> oh. you were um, saying? Sorry, I didn't mean to. Inter- I didn't mean to interrupt. It's, that was it's fucking awfully, rude. It's awfully dusty in here. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So I, I believe that, you know, I mean, I think there is some attraction there. Yeah. On both of their parts, both of their behalves, but you know, it's, I, they, they, they they're enjoy. putting their careers ahead of their relationship. They, well, and and I'm I'm actually going to get to that in a in a few uh, 
in a little bit. Um, you know, Mary Poppins is a professional, uh, utmost, you know, first and foremost professional. So, um, and Bert respects that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a friendship. All right. Um, now, when you when you see the film, like obviously we just watched it the other night, you know, to kind of get a, a better, better, um, a better feel for it, you know, kind of refresh, you know, because you've seen it a million times. I've seen it, you know, not nearly as much, but I've seen it several times. Yes, but. living with me, you, you watch Mary Poppins on pretty much on a on an almost daily basis. But there was a lot that I was like, you know, I didn't remember this scene, I didn't remember that. You know, obviously you remember the musical numbers and the stuff that sticks out in your head. You know, a lot of the animation, you know, Bert dancing around like a penguin with, you know, uh, with with her. But noticing what she what she is in the in the show in the i mean i'm sorry in the movie she is you know straight up no nonsense like she comes in and she's like well yeah like i said she she is a professional she comes in she knows that she can't stay in one place she knows that she can't get too attached too attached to a certain place to certain people, um, she's done this before. Mm-hmm. Like this, this and is, she'll do it again. Exactly. Uh, this is what she does, um, and she she comes to a certain place. She does her job, and she leaves when she is no longer needed. And you know, she. She's I think no she's nonsense. She, she's smart, and that's one of the things I love about this character. Is that there's no. Uh, Throughout the movie, uh, the character of Mary Poppins doesn't go through this evolution. Um, you know, she doesn't change as a person. She doesn't go through this big, you know, life-changing event. There's it's no cathartic moment. It's something that's routine to her. She, you know, everything is planned out. Everything is premeditated. And that's, you know... Uh, like I said before, she is who she is. And the way you say that, uh, it almost, you know, it, it actually segues into my thoughts. Um, she's almost like a sociopath. She. No. No, hold no. on, hold no. on. Let me explain. No, no let me explain. Nope. She I have a has, I will debunk your ass. She has no real attachment to any of the people in the house. See, I, I disagree with that. She I, does exactly. She's like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what you want. I'm every one of these things. Here's I'm totally my, giving Patrick the hand right that's now. Fine. Like, like, he's talking is, to the hand, legit. I'm not saying she's going to like go off and murder people. I'm just saying like she has no, like see, that. Here, uh, and I I'm, like I'm, 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 I'm in a Meryl dispute at the middle. And she has... <laughs> she, Nicole. Agent Nicole has, is like our, our child that we're fighting over right now. <laughs> she has magical powers that she knows to give her a degree of, of uh, influence and uh, ability to manipulate but what she does is she keeps them in check and only uses them as much as she has to in order to accomplish her goal. See, I completely, 100% disagree with you, and I'm going to cut you off, and I'm going to stop you right there. Well, no, I was done, so now you can speak. Ooh. <laughs> Ashley is indicating I that I am number one. For the listeners at home, I am flipping him off right now, which is a daily occurrence anyway, so I don't even know why I continue to do it. Because, it, it means you know, that I'm it just, number one. It just one. doesn't phase him at all. Um, I do not believe that Mary Poppins is a sociopath. I believe that she actually truly genuinely cares about the people uh sh- you know that she's dealing with and she loves what she does that's why she 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 does it but she knows that she can't get attached because her i, I, I have a couple of theories um she is magical and she can't stay in one place too long because and throughout the movie she uses her magic but she also denies her magic as well so it's almost like she can't let on that she's too magical. And then going back with her, you know, into her relationship with Bert, mm-hmm. you know, Bert is like a confidant for her. He, yeah. he knows her, you know, who she is. He knows what she's capable of doing. He knows that she's magical and, you know, he keeps her secret. So again, you know, that's, that's a strictly, you know, friendship based thing because, you know, it's, they confide in each other. Yeah. 
But she she knows that she can't stay in one place too long because her secret will get out. And not only that, she wants to help as many people as she possibly can. It's almost like the gift that keeps on giving. You know, it's a blessing and a curse. She can't form any human attachment. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, she, well, she doesn't allow herself to, to form any human attachment. But at the, at the same time, she does care about what she does and who she's dealing with. And she yeah. really cares. About, and she, you know, you see that in the last scene where she's leaving the house and you can see in her eyes that she's like, she loves those children and she loves that family. And what she does is going back into, you know, the whole she she is magic. She denies it, but she is. And one of the great things about her is she helps the children see the magic in themselves. Yeah. These children um, come from a rather I their their mother is uh, too busy out being a sister suffragette and their father really doesn't want anything to do with them which is what I believe draws Mary Poppins to the situation um, so she helps the children see the magic in themselves um, you know in the scene where they tidy up the nursery uh, the jolly holiday scene again mm. where they jump into the drawing and they do the horse races the carousel horses come off of the carousel itself and they end up actually racing um, the tea the, the, the I love to laugh scene the tea on the ceiling uh, the children are able to kind of fly up um, like Nicole mentioned the chimney sweep scene uh, being able to walk from building to building on these clouds of smoke she helps the children see the magic in themselves and what i love about this movie is uh she also uh, or about the character of mary poppins is she also helps mr banks remember the magic in himself and i'm i'm gonna tear up a little bit right here um the let's go fly a kite scene mm-hmm. at the end. He realizes, uh, you know, he had just lost his job at the bank, and all he can say is super califragilistic expialidocious. And you know, uh, that's you know, it's almost like Mary Mary Poppins knows that her work is done at that point, and he comes home with this kite that he's fixed for the children, mm-hmm. and that's when Mary Poppins knows it's time to leave and. That's one of the things that I love about this movie. One of the things I love about this character is that it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, you know, adult responsibilities and all of the negativity that is going on. Um, Mary Poppins reminds us that the magic that we once had is still there. All we need is a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. Oh, that was yeah, great. That's, I couldn't have said it any better. Like, that's perfect. Um, yeah, because you, you realize at the end of the movie, she wasn't there for the kids. She was there to reconnect Mr. Banks with his children. Like, that's, that's her purpose. Like, you think that she's a nanny and she's, the, you know, she's there to take care of the children because the children keep running off from she's their other missing, nannies. She's fixing the missing link in the family. And that's why you really need to see uh, Saving Mr. Banks because that film really gets into, you know, the, the relationship that P.L. Travers had with her father mm-hmm. and you really get to see you know where that character's origin is and where she comes from and you know there's a lot you know I can see you getting emotional over there because it's an emotional thing like it's that's where this is coming from it's coming from the love of a father and you know it's just it's so well done um hey, Mary Poppins is just magical yeah, that, that's is. all I can say. In conclusion, Mary Poppins is magic, and that's right. why she's an amazing character. All right, so I don't think we can we can uh, do that. anything better yeah. than that. Um, so I'm going to say uh, let's take our second break, and uh, when we come back, we have uh, we have a little bit of feedback to go through. Oh boy. <laughs>
And we're back with the absolute best coming back from break music that exists Boo! in podcasting. We didn't we even get to the great part of the song. <laughs> we should see if Tiny can do an Agent Nicole one. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. If it <laughs> Hashtag Team Agent Nicole. I don't know. I think Tiny would be Team Patsy the Angry Nerd. No. I don't know. He did write this song just for me. Because he felt bad for you. He did not feel bad for me. He thinks I'm awesome. You think nobody Hold thinks on. you're awesome. Good writer with a wicked hot wife. <laughs> Bam. There we go. See how I timed that? Yes. Yes. You did that on purpose. All right. Well, we do have uh, a little more feedback. Um, it's a, a voicemail. I've not had the opportunity to listen to this. Uh-oh. So uh, I'm very interested to uh, to, to hear how, uh, how this comes out. It is from uh, Eddie the Anti-Drug Iguana. Uh, yeah. Um, All right. Hey, like I said, we want to hear from everybody. So oh, no, I'm not. I don't. I'm, I don't uh, if I you are an judging. anti-drug iguana, that's perfectly fine. In- including iguanas? Iguanas, you know. If Geckos. A, yeah. Uh, we are not going to discriminate from our uh, reptile Americans. You know, anybody you, anybody <laughs> who wants to, to call in. And don't, you don't even have to be American, you know. Uh, I know uh, Wuberman was listening to our, our uh, podcast the other day at the gym, probably because, uh, you know, everyone's saying that their team agent, Nicole, made him so angry he had to go vent his frustration on the weights. That's uh, that's my You're theory so about what happened. Uh, that's probably not the case. Yeah. I'm pretty saying. Sure. Lies. I'm lies. I do not. I, I'm sitting in the least comfortable chair in the studio That's so I can accommodate you ladies. Yeah. This is All true. Right, Pat, Patrick is a gentleman, so just, just saying. Yeah. So, but don't tell anybody because it will ruin my reputation. What reputation? My bad reputation. <laughs> you mean no reputation. I have a reputation. Okay, maybe. let's play this voicemail. You want to hear from the iguana? I do want to hear from the iguana. <laughs> I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) Throwdown Thursday podcast. What the fuck is going on, guys? It's me, Eddie Iguana. It is an anti-drug iguana. And I just wanted to call in and let y'all know that I'm Eddie. Hi, Eddie. the anti-drug iguana. God, I'm fucking wasted. (laughs) Oh, yeah, don't do drugs. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. I also want to say I just listened to your first episode and I, I just want to let y'all guys know I don't care what you say, Patsy Godzilla ain't got shit on me, man Godzilla ain't got shit on me I said it I know it Because, I mean, I, I'm Eddie Iguana, you know And I'm a lizard Which which is a type of iguana But, I mean, I'm not really uh, an iguana I'm a man in an iguana mask <laughs> A drunk man in a drunk iguana mask. I mean, <laughs> for more of these antics and shenanigans, you can catch my podcast on SoundCloud or Facebook. Just search Eddie Iguana. You can also see me perform this li- this Saturday live with a federation of belligerent riders. God, that's fucking hard to say. Federate federation of belligerent riders. Yeah. Saturday, July 16th at the Davis Square Theater in Somerville, Massachusetts. That's hard to say, too. God damn it. Look, Davis Square Theater, Somerville, 9 o'clock sharp, 15 bucks gets you in the door. It's going to be a great fucking time. I'll be there. And make sure y'all like Eddie Aguana on Facebook and like the Throwdown Thursday podcast on uh, fucking iTunes or whatever. Give it five stars, because it's fucking awesome. Keep up the good work, guys, and... Oh, Jesus, I'm fucking wasted right now. I hope I can get a ride home. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Eddie. That, that was, was uh, really nice. That was an awesome voicemail. And make sure you go out and support Eddie. You know, he's a, he's a doing 15, his Iguana thing. see the show. What I wonder what is like 20 and $30, what you can get from him. Oh, you don't even want to know. Uh, I mean, I'm interested to uh, to hear his show and... I want to listen to his podcast. Oh, <laughs> While stop. he was sitting there, he was waiting for me to say that. <laughs> yep, I saw it coming a mile away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I've only spent 
one uh, recording session with you. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I've known you for many years, but still. Yes. Um, <laughs> Welcome to my life. I'm so sorry. Thank you. People you have say my that all the time, and I don't get why. Because I do feel bad for her. She has to deal with you. If Whatever. you would like to send your condolences in lieu of wine, my way. Or, I, or wine. To, oh, yeah, yeah, or wine. Or, yeah, in, in, just, in the form just, of wine. In the form of wine. Just, just send me, God damn a, it, somebody send me wine, please. Because this She's, she's got a glass of Merlot. That she, <laughs> I was like, listen, there is a strict no open container policy here. Uh, Wolfie will be very upset. She's like, I don't give a fuck. Do you know who I am? Yeah, do what I want. She probably didn't say that, first of all. No, I didn't. Yeah, get your facts straight. And second of all, I'm sure that in lieu of wine, if you don't have wine, you could probably come take Patsy out of the house for a few hours. Yes, yes. If you would like to set up a play date with my husband, please give me a call. I will... uh, Are you his agent? (laughs) (laughs) She's my play date agent. Yes. Um, A.K.A. Pimp. Yeah, kind play, of play date pimp. <laughs> yes. If every time we do that, like I, it ends up costing money. I don't know why. Because um, so, you do stupid shit. That's oh why it costs you money. You do stupid shit. Uh, and I would uh, I would like to get into the the throwdown portion of our show as uh, as you folks know because people have been voting. Um, we've had two runaway uh, <laughs> runaway <laughs> fights know. so far. Uh, the first one that we announced in, in episode one was Ellen Ripley versus Leia Organa. The second one was Black Widow versus Cherry Darling. And as our guest this week, Ashes, I would like you to choose from uh, one of the two brackets that we have yet to... Uh, to, uh, to do. Uh, we have the Supernatural Superstars... And the stick them with the pointy end brackets. I have a feeling I know which one she's going to choose. I think so, too. Yeah, I, I, hate, I hate to be very obvious, but I, I'm going to go with my obvious choice. Um, we have, in this corner, weighing in at another, none of your goddamn visit business. Um, may I, oh, God, maybe I should lay off the wine a little bit. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Brienne of Tarth versus Michonne. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with either of those characters, uh, I would be astonished. Uh, but Brienne of Tarth is played by Gwendolyn Christie on the Game of Thrones yes, TV she is. shows. She is a super badass knight, uh, which is awesome because I believe she is the only female knight that is that exists in all of Westeros or Essos or whatever the hell the name of the, the planet is that they live on. Middle Earth. I don't know. Um, and Michonne is a samurai sword-wielding badass played by Denai Guerreri on The Walking Dead. Uh, so these two are going up against each other in a battle of supreme badass ladies. So let us know what you think. And, uh, you know, as soon as we are done with this first round, we've only got a few more few more battles left, but as soon as we're done with this first round, we are going to put up a little, uh, a little blog entry to give you... Uh, some reading material so you can see who won each fight and each fight is going to be uh, determined by your votes and how close or how uh you know as they've been for the last couple weeks how not close the battles are will determine how how the uh the stories go so we'll be writing those up nicole and i um nicole have you any uh final thoughts i mean my my uh my wife here kind of hijacked the show and just, you know, yapped nonstop like it is can at home. we kick you out and I, can I have her for my co-host? Uh, no, because this was my idea and... Yeah, but there's been a lot of people saying Team Agent Nicole, so... That's fine. No one has said Team Ashes yet, although as soon as I say that, I realize that everyone yeah, is now going to I say that. Remember that? Ha- hashtag Team Mrs. Angry Nerd, so... Uh, yeah, remember, going. Mrs. Angry Nerd. Yes. Mrs. Angry nerd. Yes, yes, we don't want to get not Mister Ashley von Nightmare. No, Mrs. Angry Nerd. She took my name uh, when when we got married. And that's why she is now known as Mrs. Angry Nerd. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, gonna wrap it up for this week because I'm getting <laughs> some looks. Um, well, thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it was, thank uh, you for the blast. I was very excited to have you on as my first guest. Well, remember, kitties, there's always room for desserts and debauchery. That's true. And we will see you all next Thursday. And we will see you next Thursday. 